1: VR training platforms, like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International, are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
2: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
1: Learn more at meta.com/slash/metaverse impact.
2: For exclusive podcasts and more,
1: sign up at patreon.com/slash/partners-in-crime-media.
3: I'm Rebecca Lavoy, and this is Crime Writers on. Crime Writers On is the original True Crime Review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, why are Indigenous people disappearing from the same tribal area in the Pacific Northwest? And what is being done to solve their cases? We'll discuss the podcast, The Vanishing Point. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of the These Are Their Stories podcast, My Husband and Love of My Life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of the Piper Green series of Cozy Mysteries, Laura Bricker. Hi, Laura. Hey, Rebecca. And finally, our resident doubting Thomas, Author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of Strange Arrivals, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hi, Toby.
4: Hello, Rebecca. Kevin. Yeah.
3: This is Thursday's podcast. It is, yes. What is coming up on Monday's program?
4: Oh, on Monday, we've got a familiar title. It's called In the Dark by Madeline Barron. Yeah, it's called, it's the new uh, <gasps> In the Dark podcast. It's a four-part series called The Runaway Princess. And, and it's from... Uh, In the Dark and New Yorker Magazine. And
3: we should mention that when this was announced, Madeline Barron also said the team has been hard at work on In the Dark Season 3, and it will be released this spring.
4: Oh, okay.
3: Yes. So we have a new season of In the Dark to look forward to in addition to this series from uh, the New Yorker that's in the In the Dark feed. I am so excited. We were all so excited to see that announcement. From our friend Madeline Barron. Of course, uh, that show found a new home at The New Yorker, and I am thrilled.
4: Okay, so we're talking about the runaway princess.
3: Thrilled. Thrilled, thrilled, thrilled. Laura, I have a question for you before we start the program. Mm -hmm. What is happening behind your head? (laughs) It looks like an episode of HGTV going on back there.
5: Um, So I'm in my winter nesting hugga sort of phase of life right now. So when I moved into my condo, all the walls were just like stark white. And I've been putting different pictures on and moving them around since I moved in. And finally I was like, you know, I think actually I need to put some color on my walls. So I've been painting my living room and I'm trying I have a little like kitchen nook, which is where I'm recording. And I've been trying to decide what to do in my kitchen nook. so I've been painting and taping up paint samples.
4: <laughs> yeah, like people can't see, but just in the the zoom view, you've like got thirty colors. Yeah, you've got <laughs> several I'm of those three color <laughs> swatches just and taped up against big swaths of like gray or tan. Yeah, they, they, oh my god, grays. there's more. <laughs>
6: And more. Kevin, you and I can only make out about a third of what, what the women can.
5: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to get it right. That's the thing. But I'm also indecisive. So I've been painting my living room. I decided now I'm going to paint my breakfast nook just the same color as my living room. But then I'm going to try some of this stick-on wallpaper that... I'm very excited about that came to prominence during the COVID times. Yes.
4: Now, you mentioned in the last podcast about how you were listening to the podcast while you were painting, slow painting with a small brush. (laughs) Yes. Like, what is a small brush for a wall? Hold on.
3: I'll I'll go get it. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be some watercolor brush bullshit.
4: All right. Let's pause here. Laura Bricker
3: is painting her living room with a toothbrush. So this is what I painted my entire living room with. Oh my God. It's not even, it's not even, oh my God. All right. That's what, that's like a two inch brush, right? (laughs) It's not even angled. Laura, that is a deck staining brush. What is the matter with you?
5: (laughs) No, I have an angled one for for the top when I do like around the crown molding, but this is perfectly fine. It's very relaxing to paint an entire room with a teeny tiny brush. It's sort of like therapy. Why not get a roller? Because that's really messy. And then you have to put drop cloths on and you have to worry about paint dripping and you have to get it all this way. I don't get big paint cans. I get the smaller quart size paint cans. She likes and I cost can't. as much as possible. <laughs> and I carry them around the room with my teeny tiny brush and I paint my living room. <laughs> Are you also
4: waxing on and waxing off on the, the car and then sanding the floor the other way?
5: Not yet. Um, Toby doesn't
4: know part? what that reference is, but... Uh,
6: Karate Kid, man.
4: (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
5: You guys, people are skeptical. And then they came, like, my friend came over tonight because I had made this giant thing of mac and cheese and I was like, I got to get rid of some of this or I'm going to weigh like 5,000 pounds. And so she's like... Let me see your living room. She goes, oh, that looks much better than I thought it was going to look based on how you described your slow <laughs> painting. Yes.
3: Laura's <laughs> doing like the grid method like they do when they're searching for bones in a field <laughs> where she's like, okay, today There's I'm doing- a
5: dinosaur in your
3: wall, Laura. <laughs> you don't have to. Today I'm doing this three by three square of my wall. <laughs> my
4: goodness.
3: Tomorrow I'll do this three by three. And I'm not talking three feet. I'm talking three inches. Just Not this insane. little square. <laughs> <laughs> it,
5: you guys, when you come over for my series of Sunday suppers, now that I have stove, you're going to see my beautiful walls and you're going to be so
3: surprised. Yeah, yeah. You're like in True Detective <laughs> when they sit in that skating rink and just wait for those people to thaw. That's you painting your that, living room. Oh my God. That scene was so
5: disturbing, <laughs> but so fascinating at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Laura's like, I, I don't know why
4: they had to stop the hockey game, but I'll we'll get, get to, to that <laughs> eventually. Yeah, right?
5: They can just put the, the people where the Christmas which you know true, what? I here. could bring my slow painting brush, and I could have been dusting off those bodies with my slow painting brush. Yes.
6: Are we talking about the new Trudis? Yes. Ideas? Yes. All right. Yes. I was like, I don't remember this at all. Yes. <sighs>
3: you haven't started watching it, Toby? No, because I
6: know we're going to talk about it. All so that's just right. It. That's yeah. right.
3: Imagine, Toby. I'm just going to say, imagine your child was doing figure skating lessons, and the local sheriff was like, everyone needs to stop. Because we suddenly need to bring in this giant iceberg in which there are six bodies so that we could watch them thaw <laughs> over a period of days.
6: <laughs> See, I find my either one of my kids' figure skating to be harder to believe than uh, an <laughs> iceberg full of bodies.
5: You have that skating rink in Durham out by you. What is it, Jackson's Landing? Yeah, outdoor it skating rink. It could be rank. at Jackson's. Yeah, it could be right there. For those
4: who are asking, yes, in a couple of weeks, we will be talking about True Detective Season 4, which is called Night Country. We'll also be talking about, in a couple of weeks, death and other details. So there's some good stuff that we're going to be uh, getting caught up on.
3: All right. We're going to be talking about death death, and other details?
4: Yes. Cool. All right. But Uh, that's not what we're talking about this section. No, and I think we
3: should get to it now that we've uh, (laughs) discussed Laura Bricker's (laughs) patented painting technique. So, Kevin, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get started, shall we, and drop that first clip? Do it. Let's go ahead and drop that first clip leading off.
6: Family and the community are result oriented when it comes to a missing person. For law enforcement, we have to be evidence-oriented.
3: Emily Risling was last seen in 2021 on the Pequon Bridge. Hoopa Valley authorities were unable to determine whether the troubled woman threw herself into the river or met with foul play. Since Risling disappeared, her case has been marked by rumors. You hear things everywhere, at the store, or people text you things. They say they heard something from someone else, but no one wants to talk. Emily was just another in the growing number of indigenous people who vanished from tribal lands in the Pacific Northwest. All their stories are different. Some deal with addiction, mental health, or domestic violence. But what they all have in common is the same location in Northern California.
4: I believe that there are people that explicitly target people in tribes because sometimes they're stuck in the reservation or maybe people are are stuck in an addiction or two.
3: The Vanishing Point from Tenderfoot TV looks at the story of five missing people from Hoopa Valley. Host Alicia Stanton and her team explore the cold cases and attempt to learn why this tribal land is a vanishing point for so many. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from the vanishing point. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes for our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. So Laura, here we are in our old friendly home, Humboldt County, your favorite place. What do you think about the story being said here? As soon as I heard Humboldt County,
5: I was just like, oh, my God, here we go again. So Humboldt County, you know, we've had obviously the stories of the people that go there to go be like weed pickers or I can't remember what they're called, weed pickers. I'm just going to call them that. Farmers. Um, that just like peek it apart in the weed houses, oh. um, the people that all go missing that go there. So like Humboldt County, it's like anytime I hear that in something, I'm like, oh, and then remember, you know, we had that, that same thing where like, it's like lawlessness. And they're like, even when the police go, like the dudes on like the little four wheelers are escorting them around. So we hear more about this in the context of this, this Hoopa Valley tribe that has this huge history of unsolved missing person cases and Also, like a lot of other stories that we hear about Indigenous people, we've got a lot of domestic violence and a lot of substance misuse and a lot of situations where people feel that the police aren't following up because these are Indigenous people. And in this case, we also hear about some really fucking remote areas where this tribe is that— When you know already that like Humboldt County is like Murder Mountain, like that was very remote and scary. But now we're hearing about places that are even more remote. And to me, having a little knowledge going in, but then hearing about that, you just feel like this sort of sense of hopelessness when you hear about the fact that we're going to be listening to stories of people that are trying to find family members who have disappeared in that extremely remote area. You know Hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It seems like the Venn diagram uh, we're like right at the center where, on one one circle, you've got missing and murdered Indigenous people, and on the other side you've got Humboldt County, and they just come together. It's like adding salt to salt water when it comes to these kinds of issues. You said we've heard these stories in you know missing and murdered. And murder at Bighorn as far as the issue of, of uh missing and murdered indigenous women, as well as in the Emerald Triangle and like you said, Murder Mountain, and I think that Sasquatch thing too. Yes. Also <laughs> took place in- and <laughs> And, that
3: uh, watch thing you're, was so stupid. Was yeah. <laughs> great name, though.
4: Hey.
5: Bait and switch, man. It wasn't as exciting as it sounded.
4: One thing I remember from that is the guy who called all the uh, the meth addicts who came to pick and clean the, the, the marijuana as the Ruthless and the Toothless. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Also know. a great That's name. My, also a great name for a band. Anyway, but it's fascinating to think about, like, to what extent the drug-related crimes and targeting indigenous women sort of overlap where you know it can be primarily something to do with a drug deal that involves an indigenous person or it could be somebody who is targeting an indigenous woman but it also may have to do with sort of the geography and the you know Humboldt County gestalt whatever you want to call it here so it's it's just like putting these two things in the same place that it's just like supercharging the idea that people will go missing and so this is if we're talking about setting, then this is a particularly powerful setting for this kind of issue.
3: Yeah, I mean, what's interesting to me is that there's just so many ways that this can happen in this place, right? I mean, that's the case in a lot of places, mm-hmm. but a lot of reporting that we've heard on this focuses on Crimes that are very often, you know, domestic violence focused in nature or people being targeted, you know, as victims of a specific kind of violent crime. And it's very clear in this story that there is a confluence of community issues and community problems that, yes, there's violent crime, there's domestic violence There is the drug community and the drug crime. And there's also a lack of social safety net and social resources where a person like Emily can be known as the woman who walks around nude in a community, you know, with severe mental illness that everyone is just, you know, like, oh, that's her again. Uh, Oh, she went floating in the river. And that could be also seen as something that she would do. Mm -hmm. And then is never seen again. And how do you begin investigating that? What kind of crime could it be? Is it a crime? It could be so many different things. And Toby, this podcast does tackle a variety of different kinds of stories. I mean, it focuses on Emily prominently at the beginning, but then later in the podcast, it does sort of like zoom out and focus on a, a variety of different kinds of stories. How do you think it sort of handles that, you know, spectrum of stories in this location?
6: Yeah, no, I think that's that's one of the things this podcast does well is sort of showing that it's not there's not a single source for you know the missing and murdered Indigenous people. As a matter of fact, it goes beyond just women and there's a guy in this too who's who's missing and people don't know where he is. But I do think it's as Kevin and Laura were kind of talking about. You know, there's a bunch of factors that kind of play into. This being sort of particularly confounding in terms of trying to find people in the geographical situation with all these mountains and forests that are, that are basically unsettled. But I think a lot of it, you know, it's stuff that we've seen before in the different things that we've watched, especially last year. So I think it, it, sort, of, it sort of continues on that. And this feels like a little bit more of sort of an introduction to uh, missing murdered indigenous people type crimes as well as sort of the social ills on uh, reservation lands that are prominent across most reservations. And to me, that was one of the things that was kind of hard to wrap your head around is that this is a sm- not a big place, this reservation. They say it's 12 miles by 12 miles. I mean, it is small compared to like the Navajo Reservation, which takes up like half of Arizona. Mm -hmm. And you just take a look at what's happening there and sort of extrapolate it across other reservations. And it's just, it's incredible that this is not a problem that gets more attention or, or that doesn't seem as urgent as it ought to be. As a matter of fact, the whole reason why you have to have a podcast like this is that it really doesn't get much attention. Like you can go months, I would assume, reading the Washington Post or New York Times or watching CNN or whatever, and not get anything on this. And it's just this sort of ongoing tragedy, which you know historically is of our design, right? Uh, and when I say our, I mean like white Europeans who eventually settled here. So yeah, so I thought that was part of the thing that was effective, is that it does give you sort of a sense of greater than one case or greater than one type of tragic circumstances like there's like all these different things that kind of go together to create this environment in which these horribly tragic things are actually fairly common to the point where you know again a woman could be walking around naked in town and you know it's like oh, there she is again because there aren't the services there available to help her
4: but the real tragedy would be not joining us on patreon Okay. Oh, kevin
3: what <laughs> That's the real what, tragedy. The
4: real tragedy would be to not join us at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. where We get all sorts of exclusive. Why is that po-
3: being reported on the Washington Post? I, I haven't seen it even once.
4: <laughs> all podcasts matter is what I say.
3: What? Well, no, Jesus Christ.
4: I'm just saying. Jesus Christ. Give us some love there. You'll really love. Oh
3: my God.
4: Listening to the Crime Writers on After Show, Laura Bricker's it's Leave Aunt It Kevin to P. Bricker P. podcast. Uh. Toby Ball's deep. Dive book club. Toby's going to be talking about the angel makers in the next podcast. We also have Mary with Podcast. And I mentioned Mary with Podcast, where Rebecca and I dole out a relationship advice. My advice is better. Your advice is better.
3: Superior. One new thing I want
4: to let you know is that if you're interested in what some of our favorite things are to buy and you want to buy them too, you can check out our special shop. At Amazon. Go to Amazon.com slash shop slash Crime Writers On. See some of our favorite picks. We earn a commission from qualified purchases. We'll be having more about that in the show in the coming days. Can
3: I just say something quick about that? You may. I get a lot of questions in our Facebook group about my skincare routine. I have created a list. In our Amazon shop, with every fucking thing I have ever used on my face in the last couple of years, everything I use to burn off my skin is on that list. All the acid shit I use. So go to that Amazon shop and you'll see all the stuff I use.
4: Our storefront is Amazon.com slash shop slash crime writers on.
3: All right, Kevin, before we end the business section, I have a question for you. A very important question. All right. Romper Room style, do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week?
4: Our Patreon patron saints are Kate Ariel and Jennifer Edwards. Kate. Bless you.
3: Jennifer. By the way, have we ever had Sav yet? Have we had Sav yet?
4: Our friend Sav Haley. Yes. She asked me once why she had never been picked for uh, Patreon Saint of the Week. And then she said, I remembered that I've actually subscribed under Uncle Milton. Yeah, fake name. Yeah. <laughs> Something super goofy. So yes. no, Sav, until you change that.
3: Oh, this all week right. it's Kate and Jennifer. Kate, Jennifer. They deserve it.
4: They use their real names.
3: Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. Or I think
4: that might be Kate's middle name and not or that's cool. We respect that.
3: Kate, thank you and Jennifer, thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you everybody who chips in a few bucks a month to support our work. You really help us get this podcast made. You help us make all the extra stuff we put back there for everybody who supports us on Patreon. We realize that not everybody can be a patron and we really appreciate you whether you can or not, but I encourage you if you've been thinking about it, check us out on Patreon. we got a Lot of shit back there, and everyone who's there seems really happy with what we do. Again, that's patreon.com partners in crime media. Kevin, should I go ahead and fade that music out right now?
0: Fade it out. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
2: For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender.
3: All right. So, Kevin, before you made that horrible transition into the business section,
4: as I'm known for,
3: (laughs) um, Toby was talking about uh, sort of the range of stories and, you know, them not getting a lot of attention Mm -hmm. how this is kind of like like an intro class. This podcast. Right. I just want to say something about that, because this podcast is featured both in its own feed and in the Up and Vanished feed. And Up and Vanished did a season about a missing and murdered Indigenous woman. And its upcoming season, I think, takes place in Alaska and is also about a missing and murdered Indigenous person. So I just want to say that, like, yes, there's not enough reporting about this in, you know, the media outlets that a lot of us consume where we get the rest of our news. Up and Vanished is a hugely popular feed. And I just want to say the fact that, like, the platform is being used for this, and even if it feels like a primer... For those of us who've consumed a lot of this content, a lot of people out there who consume true crime are not consuming the kind of content that we are consuming like so deeply all the time. And I think it is fucking awesome that they are spending money and resources and putting this content both in its own feed and on the Up and vanished feed because that's like expensive, valuable space. Toby?
6: Yeah, I just wanted to say I wasn't, Trying to insult it by saying it was oh, no, like a primer or whatever. I mean, I was trying to make the point that it's, I think it's important, <laughs>
0: you know? Yeah,
5: no, absolutely. No, but I, I agree. And I, I agree with bo- but both you said, because like we have obviously listened to Connie Walker and all that. So this is not new news to us. These are new cases to us. Right.
3: So, Kevin, do you or do you not sort of feel like this is a great use of this platform?
4: I do. And like I was going to note that, yeah, that Up and Vanish had done an MMIW case in one of its seasons. And I do commend them for sort of sticking with the issue instead of just moving on to something else. I think what sort of sets this apart is that it just comes up as we're just going to tell you five stories. Right. So it's not really trying to go in, explicitly go out and find what happened to To Emily or Virgil Bustle or anybody like that, because I think at some point someone like talks about how to spread the words, just like washing the dishes, right? It's at the very end. So like just keeping their memory fresh, talking about the issue, spreading the words. These little things that you can do that may have larger benefits, but even if not, it's worth talking about. Their cases, even if it's not clear that doing so would make a material difference, it is important to keep it up because when Connie Walker hit the scene with the first like uh, missing and murdered, this was new to us and we were blown away at how prevalent the problem is. And I still always have my breath taken away when I think about what is happening around this issue and around all the people that it affects. It's like I don't think we can we can do too many of these.
3: No, and meanwhile, there's like ten million podcasts about Maura Murray. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, seriously, this is like there's like so many cases where there's like 10 million pieces of media about one person. Mm-hmm. And here we have one piece of media that covers five stories. And I think that that's great. Laura, one thing that you noted that I thought was interesting, too, was that we've got a cop integrated into the storytelling. And to me, that shows uh, a lot of trust building in the community that they have You know, the voice of a cop, the voice of a P.I. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, as
5: in the Navajo Police Class 57, where we hear and witness a lot of people that are getting into the police force that are part of this community, where everybody knows everybody. You know, in this podcast, we have Greg, and like he talks about how he knew Emily personally, how she babysit his daughter. He talks about when he goes out on calls within the community where he does know people and people say, oh, Greg, I'm glad it's you. But what I appreciated was that he put some context on the challenges in this community with regard to mental health, how there's like only one mental health hospital that's in this region. It's an hour away. But even if you get there, guess what? There's only 16 beds available. So he's talking about the lack of resources. And then we also have the former police officer who's now a private investigator who talks about the challenges of getting the case with Kadisha moving along and investigated, and how, like, you find information and you'd be like, oh, do you want to follow up on this? And be like, no, no. And so, you hear about the way that, you know, there's mental health challenges in the community, but also the lack of resources. And in some regard, it sounds like I would say initiative for investigation, but the lack of desire to follow up on certain investigations in the community from people involved. And so you can really understand why, you know, you've already got a community where you've got higher incidence of domestic violence and substance misuse. And now we have other roadblocks in the way to help people. And there was, I think it was only 3,000 people living in this area. So this is a very small community with a lot of issues that are making it really hard for people. And Hearing from those police officers in two different situations who have been involved in that community really highlighted why we are hearing about so many of these missing and murdered Indigenous people stories.
3: Yeah, I like the ride along too to the potential witnesses' house, where it was like, you know, it didn't feel like uh, we're just going to roll up on this guy and it, like he was. We was with them. Why are you knocking on Frank's door? No, I don't. I don't want to.
0: Now that we're here, the team is a little hesitant to just go knocking on doors, particularly after some of the rumors they've heard. You don't
3: want to? <laughs> it's no, right I- there. Oh, I think one or two people could go over there, and it wouldn't be too intimidating. Yeah, I think that. I just don't think it's appropriate for all of us to. Be well, like we would not so. walk up there with all of us. I
6: wouldn't so. go either. If you wanted to knock yeah. on there, we're here, I and mean, he's not going to do anything. No, I-
3: yeah. All right. We're going. I just want to say I listened to this in my car for about half of it, and then I listened to I listened on headphones for the other half. The audio production in this podcast is superior. I think it might be produced in Dolby Atmos. I'm not sure, but the audio production is superior. It sounds like a movie. The field audio is superior. The music mixing is incredible. The surround sound effect is incredible. And like a scene like that, when they sort of walk up to the person's house, it's like so far beyond the boots on gravel experience because it's mixed in surround. So you sort of hear, you know, the door knock and then you hear the cop sort of behind her. And it's very, very atmospheric. This show you're if you feel like they're on the bridge, you feel like you're on the bridge. If you're in the car, you feel like you're in the car. And it adds a lot to a show like this. That's about a place. And I don't usually think a lot about, you know, we go to podcast conferences and they're like, mix your show in Dolby Atmos. And I'm like, Fuck you, no. But like in this podcast, I'm like, oh yeah, now I understand why they're saying that we should do that. Not us, but shows like this. It just, it made a huge, huge difference for me. Toby, you have an interesting note here that I wanted to get to about uh, the USSR <laughs> criticizing the United States around this issue. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's something that I did not know about.
4: Please, comrade. Uh
6: Yeah. Um, You know, I don't know if I have a ton to say about it, but I do remember that... You know, during the Soviet Union days, that was one of the things that the Soviet Union would bring up all the time when we'd be like, Well, what are you doing here? What are you doing there? They'd be like, What about the genocide of the Native Americans? Like, that was like, as much as we tried to demonize them for different things, like, that was one of the things that they looked as being like this big sin that showed the essential rot behind our culture or whatever. And I, you know, I I remember at the time being kind of taken with it. Which is there's not a great response to that, right? I mean, it's just like it's like, yeah, this is what happened. I mean, it, it seems like the two big sins of our our history are slavery and the genocide of of the people who were here when the colonists came. So yeah, it's always kind of stuck, I guess, in the back of my head about you know sometimes it's hard to kind of perceive your own country or culture the way people outside do. And again, I think it's something that people prefer not to think about or just don't think about, even if they don't even like make that decision that they're not going to think about
3: it. Well, it certainly helps that we have, uh, we have put them on reservations, right? Yeah. I mean, the the
6: reservation.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's like part of the culture of being able to ignore this problem, Right.
6: Right. And then a lot of uh, Native Americans live off reservation, particularly in urban areas. But yeah, and I think just the way our government has approached these reservations, which are set up by treaties, but essentially treating them as sort of more like vassal states or other kinds of countries in which we're sort of doing a foreign policy and like taking sides about who leads and, you know, at times sending in not troops, but like the FBI certainly in Pine Ridge, Again, I think, I think it's something that we try not to think about, and pretty successfully, I think, as a country, just kind of let it go. There's not much native uh, representation in Congress. Every once in a while, there there may be one or two congressmen. I think there was a senator. But, yeah, I think I've gone on long enough on this.
3: Kevin, you think that there's a solvable case in this uh, podcast, Oh, right?
4: yeah. I mean, it's Khadijah Khadija Britain. I mean, we know... Who forced her into that car at gunpoint six days before she disappeared? And I think it's, again, it's one of those things where the cops sort of, I think we all kind of know who is behind it, but you can't prove that. And it's one of those things, I think, where they're probably waiting for somebody to say something, to corroborate something. You know, that's the family and the authorities were expressing frustration that in this case that people aren't stepping up. They talk a good game about wanting to make a difference and to improve this situation, but in this case, nobody's stepping up, it's possible nobody else knows anything, but it really seems like this is a case that could be solved, that this is not perhaps death by misadventure in the river, nor is it perhaps, oh, I don't know, um, somebody who's hitchhiking, who gets, you know, taken, you know, this really seems like we've got a suspect and a motive here, and it could be solved.
0: Yeah.
2: For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender.
1: Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder.
5: The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good
1: welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills.
5: Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
1: Explore more stories like Shana's at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
3: Okay, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out The Vanishing Point? It's a podcast from Tenderfoot TV. It's available in the Up and Vanished feed and in its own feed, Larbricker. What do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for The Vanishing Point? I'm going to go thumbs up with this.
5: You know, anytime that we can shed light on this issue of missing and murdered indigenous people and bring it to a different audience that maybe hasn't heard as much about this issue, you know, we have somebody telling this story who's got like obviously a background that's very knowledgeable to be the one digging into the story. I think my only critique about this podcast would be that I feel like a lot of the storytelling was sort of chronological, like sort of traditional, straightforward journalism as they're out reporting and sort of like looking for angles and now we're going to talk to this person and now we're going to talk to that person. And I do think based on the type of cases we have, this could have been structured a little differently to have a bigger impact emotionally, because at times it did feel a little repetitive with going out and talking to this person or that person, the way that they did. But overall, you know, you've got Humboldt County, you've got a couple really compelling cases of uh, missing or murdered indigenous women and, You've got people involved in this that are very invested in seeing some sort of closure and conclusion to these cases. So uh thumbs up for me. Toye
3: Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for the vanishing point?
6: Yeah, I give this a thumbs up. Um, look, I would especially give it a thumbs up if somebody's first sort of discovering this issue and wants to kind of be brought up to speed, like, I think this would be a great place to start. Then you can move on to, uh, to Connie Walker and some of the other stuff uh, we've looked at. That being said, I think even for people who are sort of versed in this issue, I think the sort of variety of cases they bring up is interesting. I, I felt like it was engaging and moved along. You know, I, I'm interested in in why they chose this particular Reservation. It's certainly not one that I had heard of, and and not one that you tend to think about when you think about crime in the Native American community. So, for all those reasons, yeah, I'm a, I'm a thumbs up. I, I thought that I thought this was a good podcast.
3: Kevin Flynn,
4: yeah, I'm going mild thumbs up on this. Um, I think the issue is always very important. The, the way that this series is structured is that we're looking at five individual stories. I, I did enjoy the host and her crew. I mean, we, we got sort of boots on the ground with a lot of their news gathering, which was really intriguing, but it doesn't certainly seem like we are focusing on any one case. It's called the vanishing Point, And that's more about a location or a setting as opposed to any particular person. That's the thing that ties all these stories together. So in that case, it felt different from perhaps like another like a season of Up and Vanish or another one. One of the problems with covering the story is that because there are so many individuals involved that you can either do a disservice by focusing on just one or do a disservice by taking the whole picture and then failing to dive into any one particular person and, and, and do their story justice. Anyway, I thought that it moved along. okay. Um, they were uh, five very different examples of what is happening with the issue. And I don't know, I guess we could also we could probably do five more right from the same location or from virtually any other tribe in North America where this continues to be a a, a pernicious problem.
3: Yeah. Thumbs up for me. Laura, I agree with you that I think this show could have had a little bit more of an emotional impact with some restructuring. Um, That being said, I think the concept is great and I think the sound design is gorgeous and like had a big impact on me in terms of being transportive and it's very different than like Up and Vanished. It feels very like straight in terms of just like kind of being an embedded show that's not like a personality driven show the way it's kind of like Payne approaches his shows in sort of like this gonzo way. It's not like that. It's very restrained. It's very sort of like a social driven journalistic look at an issue in a very, very small place and the very varying ways at something can transpire. It's just a super interesting concept. And, Except for the fact that it doesn't sort of have the in-depth, you know, deep emotional impact on each story, which is, for me, like the only flaw. I did enjoy it, and I enjoyed listening to it in no small part, as I said during the review, that the, the sound design and the transportive nature of it is really, really affecting. So, thumbs up for me for The Vanishing Point. That's going to do it for us, but before we go, Laura Bricker, I have to ask, do we have a Cat of the Week this week? <coughs> We do, and I
5: am like a big fan of this cat of the week. (laughs)
3: <laughs> not that I'm not always. This cat of the week
5: comes to us from Amy Larson Baird. Would it be funny if I was like, this cat of the week is a real turd. This one sucks. Uh, 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 I am, yeah, I'm, fuck this cat of the week. I don't know why I'm fucking. Pissed, this cat is not pulling his weight. <laughs> I am sorry. It's one of those Istanbul cats <laughs> no, that just lies around. <laughs> those Istanbul cats who are so spoiled just living in the cafes and the restaurants. Yes.
4: Their social safety net is a hammock.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Laura, tell us about our wonderful cat of the week. Okay. Okay. Amy Larson Baird's cat
5: is Ruby. And Amy writes this because her husband got Ruby addicted to TV by putting cat TV on. <laughs> now, every time the you TV mean housewives? No, no not that cat, TV. cat TV. TV. My cats watch cat TV. And I'll tell you what, I don't let them do it anymore because they start attacking the TV. It's like you go on YouTube on your smart TV. Uh-huh. And you can just watch eight hours of birds or chipmunks or squirrels. And like my cats hop up and start like whacking the TV. So I'm like, nope. But anyway.
6: Hold hold on a second. You put on the show that shows you eight hours of birds?
5: For my cats when I'm not here. Oh, for your cats. Okay. No,
3: (laughs) No, they get bored and lonely, Toby. Sorry.
4: She puts it on. She listens to her podcast and paints the wall (laughs) with a toothbrush. I I got
3: a trial for dog TV once. Don't, Don't.
0: I don't judge. It's
5: while I'm doing slow painting. I'm watching cat TV, Toby. So Ruby is addicted to cat TV. And now when the TV comes on, she demands they change the channel. She doesn't care that I was trying to watch a crime show, criminal record on Apple TV. You can see it on her face. Put the birds on lady. And there is a hysterical picture of Ruby sitting, Ruby's a beautiful Siamese cat, sitting in front of the TV, just like, I will fucking kill you if you don't change this channel. Wow. Subscribe so.
4: to our newsletter. You can see this photo. Go to crimewriterson.com and you will get it today.
3: Incredible. Lara, I just found an article about why there are so many cats in Istanbul. Istanbul, a mega city of 15 million people. There are thought to be an estimated 130,000 dogs and 125,000 cats roaming free in Istanbul. Just FYI, it sounds perfect to me. Okay,
5: I wonder um, how long a flight that is.
3: Lara Bricker, if folks want to reach out to you and and sell you on other places that you should go that perhaps there are also lots of cats roaming free that are healthy, well-fed, and beautiful, how can they find you online? They can find me at Lara Bricker. And yeah, I found
5: some cats in Key West at the Hemingway house. My friend Jen was like, Bricker, stop petting cats that we don't know.
6: Exactly. <laughs> That's what they are here for. I feel like everybody tells you that.
5: <laughs> <laughs> She's like, but now I know the cat.
3: <laughs> I'm looking at this article this lady who's staying at a guest house and there was a cat in her shower. Kevin would die. Toby Ball, how about you? How can you be found online?
6: At Toby Ball in H.
3: What about you, Kevin? How can you be found? I'm a Kevin P. Flynn. You can find me everywhere at Reb LaVoy. You can follow the show everywhere, including on YouTube. Just look for Crime Writers On. I encourage you to join our amazing Facebook group. It's called the Official Crime Writers On Facebook Discussion Group. Look for that. Apply to join the group We'll let you in If you know literally Any one of our four names Get episodes early And ad free At patreon.com Slash partners in crime media You'll also get All the other podcasts We make back there There are so many Kevin how many episodes Are there back there I think right now 475 Wow Our theme song was composed And performed by Ty Gibbons Our editor is the wonderful Livy Burdett. The executive producer Of this program Is the incredibly sexy Kevin Flynn Yeah baby This show was recorded In the Treehouse Yoga Studio Above the Mockingbird Cafe In Bay St. Louis Missouri mississippi studio otherwise known as studio c the closet in our new hampshire basement where kevin has also been known to walk around naked pretty much to the shock of all of our neighbors and to my chagrin on behalf of all the crime writers Remember thanks Winnie so much for listening we will catch you later check them out be ready for the graphic
5: sex in the new true detective and ghosts it, i like the ghosts yeah
3: okay there's ghosts
4: in this oh, there are yeah. and balls
3: and ghosts <laughs>
4: Balls and ghosts <laughs> and <right>. beetles
3: <laughs> and ghosts <laughs> and polar bears it's
6: <laughs> not getting me this is not getting me super excited about this and tongue
5: oh the tongue i love it
1: <laughs>
6: partners
0: in crime media across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing